Hello, lovelies. I welcome you to the Organized Impermanence Podcast. I'm your host, Alexa Bramer. This lifetime is about finding harmony and enjoying the journey while we do it. As we dive deeper into the journey, we often find that the only consistency in life is change itself. I'm here to help you learn to surf the waves of impermanence instead of resisting and drowning in them. We all have our own individual cycles as well as the external cycles of life all around us. Learning to accept and flows with these cycles are how we gain our strength and take our power back. Join me on this journey as I teach you about your own energetic patterns and help you step into alignment with your most authentic self. Hello lovelies, welcome back to my podcast for the third episode, The Unexpected. I definitely had quite the unexpected week. I originally wanted to put out another episode um, last Monday, Tuesday. I like to try and do it as a weekly thing, but a whole week has passed since then and I'm realizing that's totally okay. That is me being in the flow with my state of organized impermanence. It means that as much as I love to plan things out, it does not always go according to plan and most often actually does not go according to plan and I mean, it's good for us to have goals and to have things that we want to go after, but we don't want to be so stuck in our plans that when other opportunities arise for us, for either (laughs) for growth or opportunity, that we don't say no to it because we're so stuck in how we think it's supposed to be and how we think the timing is supposed to go. And again, that doesn't mean don't have goals and plans because then you'll just sit there, but you need to be in a state of flow where, yes, you have something you want to achieve, but you can also say yes if you feel the call to go in a different direction than you originally set out to go. And what I had planned for the week that had just passed was I was going to power through work, I was going to work a bunch, save my money up, I was going to come home and get a bunch of a bunch of stuff done after work. I was going to clean. I was going to organize. I'm actually getting ready for a huge garage sale as well, too, before I go for my trip. And that did not happen. Nope. I unfortunately got a really bad foot infection and I had to stay in bed or on the couch for about five days. Anyone that knows me would know that that is really hard for me to do. I'm a very high energy person. I love to go, go, go. And so to not be able to do that when I had it set in my mind that I was going to was almost a devastation at first. Um, I went through two days of the weirdest, heaviest energy. Sorry about that. My throat's been a little bit dry since I've been on antibiotics for a little bit now. Um, back to my point, um, for any of those other high energy people out there, you guys would definitely relate when I say that it was really, really hard to sit on the couch and in my bed for five days. Um, but it also was a brilliant chance to self-reflect. And I think sometimes for us high energy people, or even people who aren't necessarily high energy, but they're conditioned by society to go, 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 that eventually if we don't listen to the subtle signs and the subtle calls and our intuition telling us to slow down and take a break then the universe is going to force us to take a break it is going to force us to take a moment of rest so we can really hear what's going on internally inside of our souls inside of our spirit so that we can hear that inner voice that whispers to us and we can't always hear that when we're in the chaos and in the go 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 mode So like I said, the universe will go out of its way to make sure that you get a break, whether you like it or not. And still, when the universe gives you a break, 
you still have the free will. You still have the choice to use it as an opportunity for growth and to dive deeper into your self-growth and into your inner world. Or you can also sit there and be bitter about having to sit there. You can just be upset about it and not use it as a chance for growth. You cannot use it as an opportunity. You can just sit in your horrible feelings and not properly process them and let them boil until they get to a point that's not manageable or you bottle up bottle it up to the point where it explodes and again is not as manageable as it would be if you dealt with the emotions and the pain and all of that in the beginning. Everyone copes differently and I think we hear that a lot but something that I don't hear very often but is very true is that our coping mechanisms change as well too. Even if we found coping mechanisms that have really really worked for us Sometimes we'll come to a point where they no longer work or they don't work for this particular situation. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that we haven't done enough self-work. It doesn't mean that we failed or our coping mechanism just suddenly decided to get up, put on shoes, and walk away. No, it just means that we are probably, probably in a situation that you haven't been in before or that you're not very familiar with. Um, life does that to us all the time in order to get us to expand. And so part of this journey and growth and inner development is being okay with flowing through different coping mechanisms and tweaking them when the time arises for that to come. If you notice that journaling used to really, really work for you and you could just journal and everything was fine and now it's not, then maybe it's not about taking away the journaling, but maybe it's adding something to it. Um, Do you ask yourself questions when you journal or do you just write? Because I find that sometimes questions can really help um, dive deeper into those onion layers that we have around our vulnerabilities and other emotions that we don't actually want to see. Sometimes writing letters to our past self, our our present self, or even our future self, that can be a good coping mechanism as well because it gets you to reframe your current situation in a different perspective. Um, and if you've been journaling and it suddenly doesn't work for you anymore, that's okay. Go out and find a new coping mechanism. Maybe, maybe what you're going through right now needs more of a creative outlet than a really emotional outlet. Because I know sometimes that when we journal and when we write things down, it makes it seem more real. And that can be really hard to deal with sometimes. And so people often, even though they enjoy journaling and writing, they will avoid it. And if you're avoiding it, you can do two things. You can either push forward and see what it is that's blocking you from wanting to write and work on that so you can come to a place where you feel peaceful writing. Not necessarily peaceful, but you don't feel this like this wall that's up when you want to go do it. But if there is a really, really strong wall, work with that as well. Don't just try and bowl through. I can't even say it. Anyways, bulldoze your way through it. Because that's not what we're here to do. As much as we're here to try hard, we aren't here to force things. We are here to step into our flow. And so maybe painting, dancing, music, cooking, all of those can be coping mechanisms as well too. It's the intention that you put into it and the intention of what you want to get out of it that really signifies whether it's a coping mechanism or not. You can you can turn anything into a coping mechanism, but you want to make sure that they are a healthy coping mechanism for you. Um... Cooking can be a great coping mechanism. It's something that I do when I feel alone. I turn on the music, I put incense on, and I start cooking, and it just completely changes. It really shifts my perspective and how I'm feeling that day. I could be having the worst day, and if I go and do that 
the cooking, the incense, the singing, the dancing, all of it, then I'm just so happy. But for someone who doesn't enjoy cooking or they have, they're working through their issues with their, their relationship with their food. If they don't have a good, if you don't have a good relationship with food, then cooking might not be a good outlet to you. So remember that one person's coping mechanism might be super healthy and works for them. And if it doesn't work for you, that is totally normal. That is totally fine. That just means that you found something that doesn't work for you, which actually brings you a step closer to finding what does work for you. Um, I'm talking a lot about coping mechanisms in this because during this unexpected foot infection, I just had to sit there with my feelings and I definitely had a big, big energy of loneliness that was weighing me down for the first couple days. Um, I had a fever and we also had another heat wave. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also had another heat wave. Well, I had a fever, which means that I was dying. I felt like I was dying. I had to have all of the curtains closed off in the house, which again just made me feel even more isolated than I already was. And it was a very strange feeling. I did not want to go through it. Um, if anyone had warned me or told me that I was going to go through this, I would have been like, no, I'm avoiding that. No, but... Instead, I let myself feel everything that came to the surface. I let myself feel the the intense heaviness of loneliness that I didn't realize was still around me. And I think that sometimes I don't always feel the loneliness because I like to go out in social situations and then I don't realize that sometimes I'm doing that out of loneliness. So kind of backtracking here, but I've been dealing with loneliness a lot, especially the last five months, and I thought that I was getting a lot better, so this chance that the universe gave me to slow down showed me that I still have some deep-rooted issues when it comes to loneliness, and I'm really glad that I see that now because I've been working on other coping mechanisms. Um, loneliness is something I'm going to have to deal with when I go on my trip, um, because I'm going to be doing the trip completely by myself, and although I'll be meeting people on the way, um, it's important for us as humans to learn how to cope with loneliness. That way, when I do meet people on the trip, I'm only accepting people who match my vibration, people who feel aligned with my path, and I, that I'm not just interacting with people out of loneliness and boredom. And although that can be okay once in a while, that's not how you want your main state of interaction to be based in. Based on, that was a really weird sentence. I'm not sure if it was English, but I hope you guys get the idea. The better we can cope with our loneliness, the better we will do in life because we will never choose anything out of being alone. We will only choose things that align for us. And I think that is so important, whether it comes to food, people, situations, places to live, jobs. You want to make sure that it is truly aligned with you and that you have your boundaries and say no when it's not aligned to you. That way the universe can redirect what's supposed to be for you to you since you don't have other energies taking up that space. Um... Something I decided to do while I was here isolated with my foot infection is to write down what my limiting beliefs are and then to rewrite them in an unlimited belief kind of way. I'll give you guys a couple examples of what I wrote, but I really highly suggest this for you guys. Sometimes we aren't always aware of our limiting beliefs, but when we um, have right prompts, writing prompts to get that out that's what I did I searched up like self-worth questions and one of them came up was what are your limiting beliefs and I went farther with that not only did I write down my limiting my limiting beliefs I rewrote them in a way where I can see the actual truth behind it and not what my conditioning wants me to see I really highly suggest that you guys do this um 
I'm going to be doing this probably about once a month or once every three months because I know that there will be a lot more limiting beliefs come up while I'm diving into the unexpected. So, for an example, I can't make a lot of money. That is one of my limiting beliefs, and I rewrote it that I can and will make as much money as I truly believe is possible, which is a fact because I'm a big, big believer that our belief systems control what our reality is like. If you truly believe that something won't work or that a situation won't happen or that you can't make a lot of money, then it won't. It really, really won't because your brain will go out of its way to make sure that you're only picking up on opportunities that keep you in this limiting belief system. And just for example, placebo pills are a really good example for all this because they, they're just a sugar pill. They're not made to work, but the power of the mind is so incredible. And if you believe that it's going to work, it can work and it can help. And I really do believe that goes for other things in our life too. If you truly believe that you won't, oh, excuse me, that you won't make that, that amount of money, then you are either going to self-sabotage by spending it. That way you can, can self-fulfill your prophecy and be like, hey, see, I can't have this money. I can't make that much money. But it's because you have self-sabotaging, wow, self-sabotaging traits within yourself. And I know all about that. And it's really important to be aware of your self-sabotaging traits and to work with them and to deal with them. Like I said, I really suggest writing it out and then rewriting it. If you know that you spend money to self-sabotage, rewrite what you can do instead. Reframe your perspective so that you can stop thinking in such a limited way. Because we are so powerful, guys. The power of our minds, the power of our intention, the power of our actions is so incredible. And we've been We've been taught for so long that we don't have that much power, that we don't have that much power over our own lives, how our own lives go, our own anything, but that is simply not true. We are in control of our lives every second of the day. Every action we make is either an investment into our past selves or investment into our future selves, and it is up to you to choose what one that you would like to align yourself with. Another limiting belief that I have is that I can't have that having a nice car or a nice house makes you materialistic and non-spiritual. And so how I rewrote that is not being able to let go of the objects when it's time is a problem. The problem is not that we are able to enjoy the object slash energy when it's in our present moment. That is totally fine. If you want a big house, a nice car, those things are totally achievable and that's totally fine. But if your only goal in life is to have those things, then you will find yourself completely unfulfilled because material materialistic objects, material objects, can't fill that void. But it doesn't mean that you can't come to a place where you enjoy them. If you want a nice car, a nice house, whatever it may be, nice clothes, you are allowed to enjoy that as long as your happiness isn't based off of that. Because material objects can be taken away from us at any moment. And if it's taken away from us and that's where our happiness is based, then our happiness is taken away. But if you're truly happy and the nice car, the nice house, the nice clothes are just a little cherry on top, then that is totally fine. That doesn't make you unspiritual. And I'm talking a lot to myself right now. That's something I'm rewiring in my brain right now is that you can you can be both spiritual and rich because it is a judgment it's a judgment when I view other people who are spiritual and they're also wealthy and I'm like, oh, they must not be spiritual, you know. 
I'm better than them because I don't need these materialistic objects. No, no, that is a huge judgment coming from me. That is me thinking that I am spiritually better than other people because I don't need X or Y, but that is simply not true. That is actually judgment that stems from me not feeling worthy enough to have these things like these other people do. So again, life will give us opportunity to slow down and to dive deep into our inner worlds and into our inner depths, but it is still up to us whether we want to do that or not. Um, and don't beat yourself up if you realize later that you had an opportunity for growth and you didn't use it. That's fine because now you're realizing it and now you can grow from it because uh, self-development, growth, it's not a straight path. It's not linear. Um, shadow work, inner child, none of that is linear. We're a giant walking onions. We're giant walking onions around that we have to peel away the layer and layers and layers. And it's also like a spiral. You think that you peeled back a layer to get over it, but you've come back around and seen that there's an issue there rooted even deeper than we originally thought when we ripped away the surface, the layer of it. So it is all about... It is all about finding that balance between being gentle with yourself and giving yourself the push. You don't want to stay in a state where you're victim. You don't want to stay in a state of victimhood where you're just like, poor me, poor me, I can't do any of this. But you also don't want to be so harsh on yourself that when you make a little mistake, it's the end of the world. You need to find that sweet balance that works for you personally between the gentleness and a little bit of tough love. Um, you definitely want that gentleness, though, because I went through most of my life not having a gentle inner voice, and I had a really, really critical, harsh, mean one, and that didn't get me very far. It actually made my panic attacks last lo hours longer than they needed to. It made me be upset for days longer than I needed to because I would just beat myself up over and over, but in turn, by doing that, I was starting the process all over again to have these negative emotions come out and to stay within me. So really working on that inner self-talk is important as well, too, while you're going through your coping mechanisms. Because you can have the best coping mechanisms in the world, but if your inner voice is just... If it's just fucking mean to you, if it's rude, if it's critical, then you're not going to get very far, and it's going to be really frustrating. So I definitely suggest on, again, just like the limiting beliefs, write out what your inner voice is saying to you, and I bet you... At least half of those inner voices aren't even your real voice. I bet it's conditioning that you got from when you were a child, from your parents, from society, from siblings, from schoolmates, from all of those things. So write that down. Get clear on what kind of attitude, what kind of voice, what kind of things that your inner voice says to you. Get really, really clear on that because once you have the awareness, then you can take action to make a change. But you can't do that. You can't do that if you aren't fully admitting what is going on. And I know it's painful, but write it down. Write down all of those things that inner voice says and then and then do two things with it. Rewrite it. Rewrite re it in a positive, affirming way that makes you feel good because you deserve that. You deserve to feel good about yourself and it takes work to get there. But after you start doing this for a couple months, it will start to become... It will just start to become part of your lifestyle. It will become a habit that you no longer have to try every day very hard to do. It will become a part of your life. And it will be such a beautiful pattern to have that gentle self-talk that understands yourself. And it's like, no, it's okay to make a mistake as long as you're learning from it. It's okay. All right. Something else that really happened that was totally unexpected this week is 
I decided to register and join for a coaching class so that I can help coach other people so that I can learn how to progress my business in a sense of me becoming a coach. And I'm super excited about that. Um, it was totally unexpected. I didn't know that they were going to be opening up for this academy. I was being, I was be, oh, excuse me. I put myself on the wait list and then I got an email that said that they are opening up. And so I joined on a call where they evaluated if I would be a good fit for this program or not. And they definitely think it's for me. They're super excited to have me. And I am so freaking terrified because the investment into this thing is crazy. I've never spent a couple thousand dollars on investing into myself, but it feels so aligned and it feels so right that I'm going to take a leap of faith, just like what I'm doing on this trip, just like what I'm doing by quitting my job, going on a trip, selling all my stuff. I'm taking this giant leap of faith and I'm not doing it out of impulse or because something is wrong. No, I feel this inner, this inner gut, this inner knowing that is just this inner call that is just calling me forward to do these things and there's so much fear surrounding each of the choices, especially this academy, that will be quite the investment. That scares the shit out of me, and it should, because it is something I've never done before, and when you've never done it before, it scares the shit out of you, and anything that is good for you is gonna scare the shit out of you, even a little bit, so I'm looking at my fear in its face, and I'm gonna do it anyways. Um something I really want to encourage you guys to do and that's why I'm going through it myself that way I can go through the journey and tell you guys how it went for me and share it with you guys but right now I'm speaking from a place of not doing it yet so it's a little bit strange but the dive into the unknown the showing the universe that you trust it that you trust what will come out of the primordial soup um that I will have to explain another time that is a really long topic but basically has to do with like quantum mechanics and the fact that um, nothing is nothing is set in stone until an observer sees it. So right now, even though I have my sister and everyone else in the world interacting and doing their thing, it's not such a le linear thing where like they're doing A, B, and C. No, it's this like quantum soup that's sitting there with multiple possibilities until an observer sees it then it collapses into a specific event in a specific form primordial soup quantum soup that is all the same name for the void for that period where you've let go of the things that no longer serve you but you haven't got any of the new stuff yet that is a primordial soup that is a void that you're sitting in you're waiting to see the infinite unexpected opportunities that the universe wants to give you and the only way it can give you that is if you have trust in it. And sometimes putting your trust in it can be really scary. It can mean quitting your job and going on a road trip by yourself. It can mean investing a couple thousand dollars into a program that you never once thought that you would want to do. But suddenly you just have this deep inner calling to do. And I'm not saying that you guys should go out and quit your day jobs and just go do whatever. What I'm saying is if you get that inner call to do it, listen. If you get an inner call to do anything, listen to it. I know that our logical brains can't make sense of it in the moment, but that's, that's, what, that's what this experience is about. It's about going beyond what our limited human logical brain sees and trusting in this chaotic, ordered chaos that is all around us. And that is the beauty of life, is to take that leap of faith. 
to have trust in the universe, to have trust in yourself, to know that you can go out and do all of these unexpected things. And at the end of the day, you still have yourself. You still can figure it out. And the best way to figure things out is to go through it. So show the universe, show yourself, prove to yourself that you trust yourself by listening when that inner calling comes, whether that's just you see some random stranger on the street and you have this inner ping that, oh, I just have to say this thing to them, even though it makes no sense. Go out and do it. That is how you strengthen your intuition. That's how you strengthen your relationship to your inner calling. Because if you don't have a strong relationship with it right now, it's going to be really hard to listen to it when the big stuff comes around. It will be so hard to want to just quit your job and go on a road trip like I'm doing if you've never listened to that inner call with the littlest, tiniest stuff. You need to build that trust within yourself and within your intuition before you go and take a big leap of faith. So why not start now? Why not start trusting your intuition now? That way when the time comes to do a big leap of faith, you are ready, you are prepared because it is such a beautiful thing to be freed from your fears and when I say free from your fears, that doesn't mean that the fears go away. It doesn't mean that there aren't fears present because fear can actually be such a beautiful thing. It can be both a motivator and a protector, but too much fear is not a good thing. That is what, unfortunately, society pumps into our veins to control us. Um, they use fear to control us. That way we stay stuck in a limited viewpoint and we don't go after what our souls are desiring, what our hearts truly, truly want for us. And... It's about slowly, deep, slowly or fast, whatever you want to do. I try and do it fast, but it's a lot slower than I'd like, which in turns makes it faster. Um, that made no sense. Hold on. The slower you go, the faster you go. Um, it seems counterintuitive, but that's so true. If you try and rush through things, you're actually going to mess up more, and then you have to take more time to fix all of the things that happened while you were rushing, whereas if you take your time and go slow, you'll you'll then in turn be faster because you won't be going back to make mistakes. And I think that has to do with us deprogramming ourselves too. We can't fast track it as much as we want to. If we try and rush through it, we're going to miss things and not dive into it as deeply as we need it to be. So go through it. Go through it at your own time. There is no rush. There is no... You're not going to be punished for not doing anything. That's not how life works. Life works around what you choose. There is no right or wrong path. There is what aligns to your highest self. But at the same time, anytime you choose something, anywhere that you are, that is like you're an embodiment of your highest self. You can't be in the wrong spot. There are no mistakes on this earth plane. There's only lessons. And you'll just keep getting the same lessons over and over until you learn it. And then you'll move on to the new one. And so you can't fail. You can't ever... You can keep repeating the same lesson for a long time, which I don't suggest because people get very frustrated when they're in that state. But it just means that you will always have the opportunity to see past that lesson, to grow from what that lesson needs you to learn from. I also have this theory that there is the divine matrix, which wants us to follow our aligned soul paths and then the control matrix want, which wants to cut us off from source from spirit that way it can feed off of us energetically and that we aren't connected to our unlimited source of energy and I think that that's what they use fear as they use fear to control us to keep us in the control matrix so now when I have a lot of fear surrounding something it's actually a motivator for me because if this wasn't so good and so aligned with my path why would something be out there trying to stop me um I feel like this foot infection was a double-edged sword or 
a coin with two different sides, but the same all together. I feel like this foot infection, because I just sit there with my doubts and my fears for so long, it could have stopped me from going on my trip. Um, if I wasn't coping and dealing with my fears properly, then it definitely would have debilitated me. Debilit? Nope, we're gonna, we're gonna move on from that word. It would have definitely stopped me from going because the fear and the doubts and the uncertainty would have just been too much. But I knew that because I was having all these fears and all these doubts meant that I had to do it even more. Because why would, if it was good for me, why would, oh, how am I trying to explain this? If it wasn't good for me, why would I have fear around it? Why, like, to the degree that I'm having, like, the doubts and things like that? Because fear can keep us safe, so we do need to keep that into account. But this is unreasonable fear. This is fear. I'm like, what if, what if I can't make it on the drive? Like, what, what does that even mean? You drive and you figure it out as you go. People who have moved towns and have driven all over, they didn't just do that all the time. There, there was a point for every single person where it was new to them and they it was unexpected. It was new to them. They didn't know how to handle it. And they learned by just doing it. We can read as many books as we want. We can study as much as we want, but nothing will replace the in-moment life experience we get actually being in that situation or that event. And so if you want to do something, but you have a lot of fear surrounding it, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, is it that amazing that there's this control matrix trying to stop me? Because like my foot infection... I, that could have stopped me. I could have been like, well, what if I get a foot infection in BC? Like, I won't be able to deal with it alone. I had so many doubts and fears come up. And all all I could kept thinking was, I will get through each and every single one of them if it happens. Because guess what? It might not happen. You might have a way better time than you're even expecting, whether that's on a trip or in a career or anything that you have fears around. Most of the time... It's going to be so much better than we even expect because our logical, limited human brains can't always see the infinite, beautiful potential that lies around all of these opportunities. All right, so I'm going to bring this podcast to a close. I didn't quite cover everything that I wanted to, but do I ever really? <laughs> um, I hope you guys found this episode really encouraging, um, whether it's to find new coping mechanisms, whether it's to take that leap of faith, whatever phase, whatever period you're in in your life, I just want you to dive into it and own it and to really explore it because you're there for a reason and whatever situation, whatever circumstances that you're going through right now, there is a grander purpose to it, and you might not see it till six months to a couple years down the road, but everything eventually will make sense. Everything that you're going through right now is foundation for a later event, for later circumstances, and learn your lessons now. That way, when the new lessons come and the new opportunities, you're ready to say yes, just like me. Let's do this together, guys. Let's learn how to cope. That way, when the beautiful opportunities from the primordial soup come, we can say yes. Anyways, I hope you guys have a lovely, lovely rest of your day, and thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to me thinking about people listening to my podcast, the fact that they would take time out of, the fact that you guys take time out of your days to listen to me, I appreciate that so much. It encourages me to keep going when I see how many people are listening, or just, even when someone mentions I'll have a friend that's like, hey, I'm listening to your podcast right now, and it sends so much energy through my body it makes me so happy to think that I don't know that you guys want to listen to my podcast and like I said you guys are taking time out of your day so I really really thank you and I hope that I can keep
putting out content that you guys love and I'm so excited for this business course that I'm going to be taking this business program because it's going to help me really fine tune my podcast, where it's going, what it's about. And I'm so thankful for you guys for starting this journey with me while I'm in a chaotic state of the beginning of my podcast. And uh, I just I hope you guys stay around for when it grows and when it gets more organized, when this chaos becomes more organized. And oh, again, I know I just keep saying thank you, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank yourselves as well, too. Have a good day. Right before I end the podcast, I also just want to say that I went and re-listened to it and I realize now that I didn't put my phone on Do Not Disturb, so there's a couple notifications from messages or apps that I was getting. I do apologize for that and I will fix up in the future. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in and listening to my podcast. Living in your most authentic path can be hard work, but it's so worth it. Stepping into alignment with your soul can feel uncomfortable at times, and that's totally okay. Growth, inner work, and healing are difficult at first, but as you realign yourself with your soul's purpose, you'll start to get into the flow of your own energy and learn to love these uncomfortable growth periods. As I once read long ago, light dawned on those who sat in darkness. I thank you and encourage you to thank yourself for showing up today to learn more about your own inner world today. If something resonated with you, Follow my, podca- my podcast <laughs> on Spotify at Organized Impermanence and my Instagram also at Organized Impermanence. And again, thank you and have a lovely rest of your day.